Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Shay Australia sharing her birth story that she describes as being exactly what it needed to be, a moment in time that felt in sync to all the prep and intention she had laid as its foundation, sharing her story as a means to seeing the joy in birth. We are grateful to hear her truth today. Hello, Shay. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you both so much for having me. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Uh, my name is Shay Astrea. I am a writer and creative and mom to a beautiful toddler. I am a Black woman living in the Bay Area, and my partner is Filipino and white, um, also born and raised here. Paul and I have known each other since we were 14 years old. We dated uh, when we were like 20 and 21, um, and it, <laughs> uh, we were both still very young. <laughs> and immature it was trash and so um we broke up but we actually stayed like really great friends um and have maintained like a bond and a connection uh, with each other and with our families um so when we came back together uh a few years ago we were able to sit down and really talk about um, our values and our goals for our lives and our future. And um, we were just very aligned and we had already put in so much time getting to know each other and growing together. Um, so that's how this all happened. Let's talk about your pregnancy. Tell us about the actual pregnancy. Once you guys actually you know, decided this is the route you're going, you're gonna start, you get pregnant, how did it go? I am a planner. I am very organized. Um, uh, We did a lot of prep work beforehand. So like I said, we had conversations about like before we even started trying, we had conversations about like what our pregnancy would look like, what type of support I would need and how I wanted him to show up. And I was very clear that before we started trying to have a baby that I needed him to show up in in the way that like women show up it was like the bar for men is you know is in hell (laughs) i don't need you to just be like good for like a man and how men are expected to show up i need you to exceed that i need you to show up for me like another woman so i was very clear about the fact that like he would be coming to appointments with me um like we were heavy like chain smokers before we started trying and I was like, I will be quitting smoking. You will be quitting smoking. Um, and we'll like do that for an extended period of time. Like I will be quitting drinking. You'll be quitting drinking. Like, um, I want, like, you will be going through the process with me. Um, you will be cooking, you'll be cleaning, you will be, um, you'll be getting to know our doula and midwife. Like you're, you're in this process. You'll be doing your own research. Um, and he was, you know, he was totally fine with that. He was already like, he was already a step ahead. He's like, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, and so that whole part of the process was great. Like I felt really supported. I felt like we were on the same page. Or once we once we confirmed finally that we were pregnant, um, it was really beautiful. So like I said, we had been trying um and were unsuccessful. We took a little break and then we got pregnant. Um and I 
I was working as a, a childcare consultant at the time on top of like, you know, the writing and everything else. <laughs> um, and so there was this one gig. And so I would, um, people would reach out to me for their events and I would secure uh, the care for that event and like hire and manage or whatever. And so I was working an event um, and like things just felt off um, <clears throat> in my body. And so I kind of had a question. I was like, maybe, maybe not. I don't want to like get my hopes up again um, and then be let down. Um, and so this time, like, you know, I, I, I didn't talk to him about it. I took a test like by myself. Um, after I got home from the, uh, from the gig, I took a, I took a test and, uh, confirmed that I was pregnant and like beforehand, because like I said, I'm a planner, <laughs> I had already had like all of these, uh, cards that I had like bought <laughs> from the store, like, uh, uh, you're going to be a dad, like, or happy father's day, stuff like that. So I got one of the cards and I like, uh, taped the pregnancy test to it. And I like went home and uh, wrote on the to-do list, like uh, set up crib, uh, get diaper bag, like all of these just things that you do to prepare for a baby. And so he comes home, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. He does not notice the to-do list. <laughs> so I'm like, noted, like niggas don't pay attention. Um, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'm just like taking a little mental notes. I'm watching him just walk past all day long. And I'm just sitting there like this, man. Um, and so finally, I'm like, have you seen the to-do list today? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, let me go look at that. I kid you not, this man stood there uh, for a couple minutes. I was like, he is not reading the list. He is seriously <laughs> just standing there. It's like, And he's like, he's like, wait a minute. Are we, is there something that I'm like, look around and so then the card is like they're under the list and then he like looks down and he's like wait are you are we serious and so it was like this big moment and he finally got it and like you know there was some celebration um and he was so happy about it um which like you know made me even more happy about it just to see him be so excited uh so then we started like immediately like planning out um my diet, uh, exercise, like what we were going to need, who we were going to tell first. And we had decided that we didn't want to share with too many people. Um, one, just because in general, I'm a fairly like, uh, not private person, but I just like, I'm just like, you know, like it's not anybody's business. And also like, you know, if people don't ask, I don't really tell. Um, and I'm, I'm a selective about like how I give out information. And like, is this helpful information to share? Is this necessary to share? Like, is this person going to be a help or a hurt? Um, so we had decided that um, for, for the first few months, we would only like tell the grandparents um, and like close family and friends. Um, and also I just didn't wanna be bothered by people. And that, you know, we would go through the process of trying to secure um, a midwife because we had decided that we wanted to, that we didn't want to birth in a hospital. We weren't completely sold on home birth. Um, and I'll get more into that in a second. But we just knew that we didn't want to do a hospital birth. Um, and so we were like, we spend that time looking for care. 
and then also like I, I worry about a lot of things. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's, you know, let's get past the first trimester. Let's do all of that before we start like making announcements and whatever, whatever. <clears throat> and so we made these uh, grandparent starter kit boxes. Uh, we'll put like a onesie and bib and pacifier and like some diapers. Um, and like, you know, on the top it said, you've been promoted. And then when they opened the box, it was like to grandparents. Um, and so everybody's really excited. My mom bawled, like she cried so hard um, and she was just so happy. <laughs> and then of course, like <laughs> immediately after she like killed the moment because she was like, that's why you've been getting so moody and large. It's like, you know, Mother. we just, we <laughs> she your mama that. gonna say what she gonna say. <laughs> gonna say what she's gonna say and I'm just like whoo but then when I say what I'm gonna say it's a problem so let me <laughs> you haven't gotten to that um, age where you say what you just try to like live in the moment <laughs> for me like being pregnant I was like I'm grown this is my time now I'm pregnant everybody can get it <laughs> I'm like can't nobody say nothing to me can't nobody fight me like this is a this is the past <laughs> Um, and then like my partner's parents, we were a little nervous about telling them, honestly, um, his family. So like I said, we've grown up together, um, and his family has always just embraced me as, um, as, as their daughter. Um, they've always been so loving and, uh, but we weren't sure if they would, you know, worry about the fact that we had dated once when we were younger <laughs> and broken up or like uh the fact that like we had only been back together for like a year um but they opened their box and they were so excited and his mom was just like yes and she was like you know i would never pressure you guys i was never ever going to say anything but yes i've always wanted grandchildren <laughs> And so this is, you know, like, but we would have never guessed because she really is the most like chill and like, like unintrusive person. Um, so it, it felt really warm and exciting and yeah, and so well loved and supported. Um, and then uh, we, we went to the doctor and got it confirmed. We got the picture of the heartbeat. And I think I was about like, I think I was like four weeks when we went to the doctor so they were like wow you are very you're very early in your pregnancy and you're very in tune with your body <laughs> um so they were like you know like most people come in I guess around like six week mark or even later um so I was like okay um like it didn't feel early to me I'm like we're already late like we don't have a plan because I'm a planner so I'm calling around um to figure out like uh like uh, prenatal groups and prenatal support. Uh, thankfully, because we had been trying earlier, I was already taking prenatal vitamins beforehand. Um, so we, um, at the time that, at the time that we, uh, that we were pregnant, that we had gotten pregnant finally, um, that I had gotten pregnant, we were staying in a very, very tiny, like shotgun apartment. Um, didn't have like any kind of medical or <laughs> anything. So I immediately like went out and got like Medi-Cal 
um, and then like got approved for like uh, EBT and WIC, which then like put me into this uh, like prenatal group. Um, and the the hospital that I was going to uh, was like. Uh, <sighs> It, it was like the county hospital, but they had so many resources and they had all these resources specifically for black moms. Um, and they were really like showing that they were like really serious about like black infant health, uh, black maternal health. Um, and so like I had met with a doctor and she was a white woman, but she had done a home birth and she was very pro um, home birth. Um, so she was like super supportive in the groups. And then the uh, and then we got signed up for Healthy Start. So through the Healthy Start program, they told me about a birth center in Marin uh, that was black woman owned and operated, um, and that I could like and that they take Medi-Cal. Uh, so of course, you know, I went over there. <laughs> was like, oh great, like we get to have this ideal birth because I was really worried about that because our finances were not straight at this time. <clears throat> And I was really like worried about like, am I going to have like the situation that I want? Are we just going, you know, do it like a wild uh, free birth <laughs> at home and just, <laughs> um, but we went to the birth center and I met uh, Kiki, who is a very popular black midwife here in the Bay Area. And she was amazing. And I fell in love with her. And actually I'm skipping ahead. Let me rewind back a little bit. So before that, uh, a friend had told me about um, Roots of Labor, which is a doula and birth support. Yes, I'm sure you guys know about them. They are a doula and support service. I'm saying this for the folks who don't know in the Bay Area who might be looking for some resources. Um, and we, yeah, so we researched their website and we met our doula, um, Kayayo, who was a doula at the time. Right now they are actually, um, they're officially a midwife now, um, but at the time they were a doula. We met and fell in love immediately. And uh, they offer they offer like free or like very, very low cost services. Um, they pick like, you know, a certain amount of people uh, each, like, you know, however, however far and few in between um, to offer financial support to or like or free services to. And so like we had been selected, like Kayo fell in love with us immediately and we fell in love with them. Um, and they decided to just take us on. Now, of course, like me and wanting to like make sure that black folks get paid, I'm like, like, no, we can't just, we gotta give you something. Like, <laughs> so we'll talk it out and work it out. Um, but it was like the best experience and we bonded so quickly. And they were like, when I'm when I'm talking about support. I mean, so loved, so in. Fun fact, they are actually our child's godmom because <laughs> that's like how much we bonded with our doula. Oh, that's so full circle. Oh my goodness. You, I love this person so much. Um, and so then, <laughs> so then Kayayo um, and uh, Healthy Start told us about Marin Family Birth Center, which was black women owned and operated. <clears throat> um, and we met Kiki there and fell in love with her too. And so it just felt like, yeah, so complete. Like we had this amazing birth team. And then we also still had the county hospital where I was going and taking uh, my prenatal classes and doing birth groups. 
and they had they had decided to even though I was birthing at the birth center that I could still keep coming there and I could still do checkups there I could do ultrasounds there I could do whatever else I wanted um, and they wouldn't like count it against me or like have it affect my medical like they like everybody it just felt like everybody was so supportive of our birth <laughs> and like everybody was like whatever you need and I've been told a lot that I'm like a very resourceful person um so I know that I was like on it and I was like going around and like trying to connect all these dots but it felt like it wasn't hard like everybody just came up and was just like yeah let's let's get it and I was so nervous before that because I'm thinking about like uh how dangerous it is for black women and how scary it can be like um and I'm hearing like all of these horror stories about people who are, so I felt like very blessed in my situation that I did not have any of that it was like nothing but love from start to finish in that area um <clears throat> now I will say that uh I grew up in a very big family I've seen a lot of pregnancies and I've attended like a couple of births like really young um, and they've always been hospital births, so I didn't grow up uh, learning about home birth, but because because I live, like, I grew up in Richmond, and then I spent, like, much of my adult life in Berkeley and Oakland, and I attended Mills College. Um, a lot of the friends that I've made in my adult life are all, like, in the birthing community or, like, home birthers. You know, it's very Afrocentric. <laughs> um, like, from my 20s on up, like, I had so much information of um, home birth and that'll process and actually one of my professors um, and my um, my advisor at Mills College was Chinieri Opara who uh, like does work with birthing justice so, so that was nice yes, yeah yes. so even though I didn't grow up with any of this knowledge it was like from the time I was adult I had like all of these resources and all of this information and then um, also oh that was the part I forgot so in that time that we had taken a break from trying to get pregnant, I went and took um, Sumi's doula training, Sumi's touch. So I took her doula training and then I got pregnant. And she said that that happened. She was like, she was like many people have said that like they were trying and they didn't get pregnant and they took our training and got pregnant. <laughs> and so I had like all of this information like going into pregnancy and I felt like, like I can do this. Like, I've got a good team, I've got a good support, I've got a great network, like, and I'm in the like best place to be doing this as a black woman. That's how I felt. Um, like in the US, I felt like, okay, like right here in my little bubble, I feel safe as a black woman birthing here. My pregnancy, <laughs> my doula and my midwife both, like one of the first things I heard was just like, wow, you are really on it. Cause they were like, girl, you're four weeks. And you're already like, they were like, most of the time we have to have a conversation with people that like, um, like that they've waited so long or like, you know, we got to get people in at a certain time. They're like, you are like really early <laughs> to be like getting all these ducks in a row. I was already like taking like prenatal yoga classes, <laughs> like, um, and just like getting into like walking groups and all of this that like, so um, my pregnancy felt really, really smooth. My partner, um, I made sure that he had a solid relationship with our doula and our midwife. Um, and I told her like, that's really what I needed. So 
I have friends who are studying to be doulas and midwives. Um, I have sisters, I have cousins, like, you know, I have the moms. Um, I felt like I knew no matter what that I would have what I needed. So I felt it was very important for me that uh, there would be somebody to check in on him because I also knew that I would have him, that he would be waiting on me hand and foot. And so I wanted to make sure that our doula, um, one, was showing up for him and like giving him like breaks when he needed and knowing like when to step in and swap out with each other. So I wanted them to have a relationship. Um, but also I wanted him to work closely with our doula so that he would know specifically how to support me. And so uh, he learned a little bit of rebozo and like different like massage techniques. Um, <clears throat> and we spent a lot of time throughout our pregnancy because he's an only child, doesn't have a huge family. So I did a lot of like just teaching him how to put on a diaper, teaching him like how to properly hold a baby and comfort a baby. I had no morning sickness. Um, I had I had some heartburn, but for like, uh, according to like most standards, I had what would be considered like an easy pregnancy. Um, and still, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I I knew from the start, that, and that's okay. Yeah, it was it was like like whenever I tell people about my pregnancy, they're just like. Oh, it was so easy. Like, and it really, it was very beautiful. It was a very beautiful experience. And I'm grateful um, for all that I missed out on. <laughs> but I still just didn't enjoy it. And I knew that going into it. I knew that I wanted a baby. I knew that I wanted um, a child and a family. I also knew from a very young age that I never wanted to be pregnant or like give birth and that I was just afraid of it. But I like, it felt like it was a necessary evil. It was just something I'm going to have to do. <laughs> but I, I wasn't excited about it. And so, even though um, I didn't have uh, all the things that might make people uncomfortable, um, I still had some heartburn. My child had a lot of hair. <laughs> um, and I was very uncomfortable, like all the time. I got really, really big. Like, um, so my placenta was huge and my baby was huge. My baby was like over nine pounds, like nine pounds. Um, <laughs> and I was much smaller um, at the time that I'd gotten pregnant. And so it was just like all this way out of nowhere. And my titties got huge. Um, and it just felt like this like really heavy body to like carry around. But what was most uncomfortable was that I felt, I felt terrified in my body. And I just remember like, um, being afraid to walk or to sleep, or I just like, it, it felt so awkward to like be inside my body and not know how to move and be afraid that like I would hurt myself or hurt the baby or do something wrong. And that was like this, that was a really paralyzing fear. Um, and so I just couldn't wait for the baby to get out. But then I also was terrified because I was like, well, at the same time that like I'm afraid to move, I'm also afraid for my baby to be out in the world because right now I know where they are right now and like and I know like the things to do to keep them safe where they are I don't know like what happens when they get out in the world and like somebody else is holding them or like air is hitting them they're like they got all these germs and everything they're battling against and so I was I was just so afraid and uncomfortable all of the time um and just like trying to to sit with that and work through that I'm gonna see if I have any more notes 
things that I want to say about my pregnancy. I will say while you're while you're doing that, there's um there's a lot of commonality in that. Um, as birth doulas, Laurel and I often talk to clients and really have to, um, especially those that hold their babies, mm-hmm. um, including Laurel, that <laughs> um, their babies don't want to come out. They come past their due dates or, you know, and there's a lot of mental work in that in keeping your baby safe. We are carrying black children often or multiracial children and this world is not a safe place for them, right. especially here in America. Hello? And we know that. Hello? And we hold them literally as long as possible. Yeah. So you're not alone in that. Man, I'm telling you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um it was it was really scary to be like afraid of myself in that way or just like uh so unsure of myself. Um yeah, I did I, I was not confident, I was not secure at all. I just I just knew I would like mess up but at the same time like uh, I knew that like that I was doing my best I knew that I was like checking off all the boxes and like making sure that um if something did happen it would be out of my control like I still I was so unsure of myself (laughs) and it was this thing where it was like I've watched so many birth videos I've listened to so many interviews I've read so many books I have such a huge network and for some reason, like, it never feels like enough. I still feel so ignorant to all of this because I've never done this before. It's so, it's so personal. It's like, um, like, I just felt like I couldn't connect with anybody because we're like, okay, yeah, we might have this the same, but then this is different. And it's just like every single person and pregnancy and child and everything is just different. Uh, and has like their own uniqueness to it. And so it felt so isolating, like uh, some pregnancy work um, or just like preparing for the birth. I'm talking with my midwife at one of the second or so times that we had toured the birth center and just went down to this uh, goal for some logistics. She was asking me about my birth plan and what I wanted for that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I know I want my mom here, my partner's mom, my auntie, my my best friend, da, 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 da. and I'm just listing off names because that's how, like, I grew up. Like, <laughs> um, when somebody was pregnant, you know, we all showed up at the hospital. Uh, and I and my midwife, you know, she's just kind of sitting there and just letting me talk. And she was like, okay, are you sure about that? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Of course I'm sure. And she's just like, when I'm asking you about your birth plan, I'm asking you to think about the environment and the tone that you want to set and like the space that, how do you want that space to look? And I was like, well, I know I want the space to be calm and supportive and and nurturing and quiet. And she was like, and are the people that you named, are they able to do that? And I had to sit back and I was like, huh, actually. And then I started thinking back on all the births that I had attended and I just remember like the, you know, the the mothers, the birthing parents, um, just being just pissed off and irritated with everybody and us just laughing and making jokes and being loud and I'm holding the baby and passing it around. And I'm like, oh, I don't want any of that. So then I had to like go back and revise my list. And then I had to start having like uncomfortable conversations with people. One of those people was my mom. And that was really hard 
me and my mother have like we've always had like a complicated relationship there's a lot of love and laughter in our relationship and then there's also like um you know we both have fast tongues and slick mouths um (laughs) and my father was somebody who's very adamant about like letting us speak up and always saying like what we needed to say my mother is not she was like you raised them that way i'm not doing that (laughs) um and so we've always clashed there because I do. I say what I like, say what I feel. Um, we've also just had like, you know, like different life experiences. And my mother has like, you know, told me before that she feels like I just, I grow too fast for her and she can't keep up with me. And so sometimes it makes our conversations really hard because she's like, you don't realize that you're the child. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, that's a whole but so we had to have a, a hard conversation. <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> I'm talking and I'm looking at y'all eyes like. <laughs> I was just going to say like this, this idea of like, I'm a full adult now. I'm and a full I'm adult a parent now. I'm becoming a parent. I'm a full adult now. I'm becoming a parent. But also like I've had to like, you know, like we've had a whole life together and I've had to grow up sometimes faster than, and so I've been placed in situations where I've been treated like an adult from a very young age. And so it's like, you're going to get what you're going to get. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, it's the makings of you. Right. right? This Just is the machine you built. Life experiences. <laughs> um, and so we had to sit down and have a conversation you know I thought I was prepared for the interview and I thought I wrote down like things that I wanted to touch on but like as we're talking like more memories are coming back and I'm like oh yeah wait but this happened first and this so during the pregnancy like we had already told my mom that we wanted to keep this information to ourselves I didn't want to deal with people I get really easily overwhelmed and irritated (laughs) so I'm like I don't want, I don't want people like, you know, I haven't talked to like, you know, since I was five calling me and like having to entertain. I just don't want to do that. So don't tell nobody. Um, but, but my mom cannot hold water. That's just, it's, you know, it's just not a skill that she has. Um, but I thought that at least like, you know, if I was serious enough and this was like important enough that she would honor that. And so, you know, she's telling my aunt just telling my sisters or whatever. But then the other part of that, like I had to let her know, like, this is, this is my, my one time to do this. This is the, like, you know, the first time I only get like one time to have a first, like, you know, pregnancy and pregnancy announcement. And I want to share it with people the way I want to. And like the same way that I got to like, you know, surprise you and give you like a birth box or um, with the starter kit or whatever. Like I want to have those experiences with other people. So give me my moment. Um, and so she did ease up a little bit, but we had already started off on a rocky start. And then on top of that, um, immediately, like some of the first things that came to us was just like, oh, like, what do you have? Is it boy or is it girl? And like all of this. And then like, you know, like people showing up and like, so we had already said, okay, immediately we're not going to learn the sex because again, it's the only time we're going to get to do like, there's very few moments in your life where you get to be genuinely surprised like the birth of your child is one of those (laughs) so we're just gonna wait either way we got to take the thing home (laughs) so (laughs) just let whoever gonna come come (laughs) so um we had already shut that down and let people know like we're not figuring out the sex 
like that time will come. So don't even ask us anymore. Um, but then we had people like bringing us two of things. And we are both like very like practical people. We don't like more in the house than what we're going to use. Like we don't like a whole lot of stuff sitting in storage or closets being filled up. We only want what we're using in the home. And at that time we had a very, like we were in a very small home which was why we didn't want to do a home birth. So I was like, I'm not trying to have hella people up in here. I need to be able to close a door and get away from people and not just the bathroom door. Like <laughs> I'm going to need space to move around. So we knew that we didn't want to have a home birth. We just didn't want to birth in a hospital. But so like people are bringing gifts over and they're bringing in like two of everything. They're like, and it was like really, ob- not like it was like a really pink, really tutu thing or like a blue with like baseballs and footballs. And it was just like, both, both of those are ugly. I don't want either of that. <laughs> and I don't give a damn what, like what genitalia the child has. Like the fact of the matter is like, they're gonna need clothes and I don't care what the clothes are. Like in the summer, they gonna wear shorts and the winter, they gonna wear a sweater. That's, that's it. But then we started like really paying attention to um, gender roles and gender norms in our families and started like making connections that I hadn't made before. So again, like all of these things we thought that we were prepared for in reality, it was just like, oh, and like all this work that I thought that I had done and like processed through therapy and stuff. And I was like, I'm ready to have a child. I am a fully healed, like, (laughs) or healing, like adult. And then it was just like, like I was just triggered the whole time through my pregnancy it was just like I was stressed out I was overwhelmed and all of these things were just coming at me in like uh like in waves and so then I'm like making connections and I'm like oh no like I already know like how it is like gonna be like girls are gonna be put in the kitchen put in pink like put in like have like so many like more expectations on them boys are going to be like you know they're not going to want to cuddle with my baby they're going to be like hard on my baby they're going to like all and it it terrified me and I'm already like so stressed out and scared during my pregnancy and so we made the decision we were like you know what nobody's going to know the sex of our baby we are using they them pronouns nobody will ever change my baby's diaper we're not telling nobody shit if you are not the midwife or the doula or in the birth room, you will not know. And we've kept that. Um, so to this day, like my child goes to the bathroom with me or, or dad, nobody else. Um, and until they feel safe with you and comfortable with you and like, you know, wanna be naked around you or like, you know, like ask for your assistance or whatever, we just don't do it. Cause so I was like, at the end of the day, my child needs, <clears throat> they need to know how to uh, cook food and change a tire. They need cuddles. They need to be told that they are beautiful and that they're smart and that they're strong. Like they need all of the things. And if you cannot, like, if you're going to cut off parts of yourself based on the genitalia that my child has, then like, like that's not going to fly here. <laughs> Um, so we made that decision, and of course, that was very hard uh, as as black and brown folks. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that we live in the Bay in California. It was still like, what the fuck are y'all doing? 
what is this? What is this shit? This is some new age. Da, 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 da. It's one of those conversations that's still like really hard to have because it was like, like, of course it was welcome and embraced in my community. Um, but I felt like it was welcome and embraced for the wrong things. And of course, like I am all about like, yes, like, like queer and trans rights, like all of the things, but it wasn't coming from a place of like, um, my child will tell me who they are. And of course there is an aspect of that because they will. Um, it was more so of the fact that you are not going to tell my child who they are. You are not going to tell my child that because they're a boy, they need to be doing this because they're a girl, they need to be doing this. Like, and so um, it was very interesting in how it, so then all the posts became like beige or gray. <laughs> and all the gifts like became that, which I'm fine with. Love those colors. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, but like, we've seen how the grandparents have like really evolved and changed for this over time. Because at first it was like, immediately like, you know, grandpa was like, oh, I'm about to get a football and I know it's gonna be a boy and we're gonna be throwing this around and da 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 But it was like, once the baby was here and you didn't know, you didn't really have a choice. Like, you're gonna have to play, you're gonna have to play dolls and balls, like, <laughs> and figure it out. Um. And there's, you know, there's lessons to be gained from both of those. Um, so that was already a hard conversation because my mom felt like, if my mom took a lot of the decisions that we made throughout our pregnancy, like very personal and just like, so I'm not going to have this about my grandchild. Or I'm not going to do that and have to like keep reminding her that it's not about you. But so that was already a hard conversation. And because, you know, like, just like, just like me and I had this idea of the home and the lifestyle that we wanted to provide. She had that same, she had those same dreams and goals of like how she wanted to like show up as a grandma. Um, and so she was like taking all this really personal and she was feeling like everything was like just shattered. So then I had to have the conversation of the birth. And I was like, so I know that I told you that I wanted you to be at our birth. Um, and I was like, and I still would like for you to be there. And I need to know that you are going to be able to come there and support in the ways that I need. And that looks like uh, sitting back, remaining calm and keeping quiet, not telling the midwife how to do her job, <laughs> not bugging me with too many questions, not coming in and taking over the space. My mom heard that and her response was, Oh, here you go already. So you gonna tell me that? And I'm just like, see, this is this right here. This too much. Well, then I don't need to be a part of you. Gonna act like this already. Da, 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 da. So I'm and I'm pregnant. I'm irritated. So me, like, as soon as you say that, I'm like, fine. Then don't be a part of it. Done. End of conversation. Um, and we're both like, you know, very stubborn people. But she was like, well, fuck it. Then I don't got to be involved at all. And that really broke my heart because I felt like there's so much more to a pregnancy than the birth. Maybe you're not the person to be at my birth, but there are still so many ways that you can show up before that. She didn't want to be involved in any of it. She was like, I'm done. If you don't want my help, you don't, you ain't got to have it. Um, and so I didn't have the support from my mom that I had imagined and planned my whole life and that I really needed in that moment. Um, my favorite aunt <clears throat> who I grew up, grown up calling my second mother and I'm like trying to <laughs> hold things back so I'm trying to get this out my second aunt who I had grown up calling or my mom 
quest my favorite aunt who I grew up calling my second mom. Uh, she told me congratulations when she first heard about the pregnancy. Um, and then I didn't really hear about hear from her at all. And I had grown up. So this is my mom's sister. Um, and I had grown up like side by side with this woman for my like entire life. She was not there for me at all during my pregnancy. Um, I think like maybe like in my last month, she hit me up and she was just like, I, you know what? I knew I had to come around because I know like you are, I know I'm just like, I know that you must be so upset that I haven't been here. And so I'm trying to do better now. But at that point, I'm also like, it's a little too little too late. <laughs> but she still didn't like really come around like with anything useful. She just like let me know that she was sorry for not showing up, which is, you know, I appreciate it. But I didn't have that. <clears throat> and then, um, so the stress from that kind of made me cut off a lot more people. And then I started really thinking about my birth. And I was like, well, I know that I have invested so much time and energy into my partner that I know that he knows how to share. So I just want him there now. So now nobody's invited to the birth. Um, and so I was like, if you are not on the birth team, if you are not the midwife, the midwife's assistant, the doula, the doula's assistant, or my partner, you can't be here. And that's how our birth was. And like the idea of that was really beautiful. And the reality of that, like it was such a beautiful birth experience. It was such a calm and loving and warm space. And in retrospect, like shortly after I gave birth, one of my best friends uh, got pregnant and I was there to support her through her birth. Um, and then like I saw like other friends getting pregnant and they had like, and I just like bawled because I was like, man, I really missed out on having that, that sisterhood in that way. Um, and this bonding experience. <clears throat> and even though it was what I needed at the time, like it's still like there is a little bit of regret there. Um, but I was just so, I was so disappointed in my family and so stressed out that I was like, I can't, I can't take anymore. I don't have time. And I, I, my reasoning was, or my, like what I told myself was that if my own mother can't show up for me in this way, then I can't expect much from anybody else. And of course, now I know that that's, a, that's not true because I know that like, I know the ways that my friends are able to show up for me and the ways that my family can't because that's my chosen family. But at that time, like I was so sensitive to everything and I was like, I can't deal with it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I'm like running on, on time here. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. It's what it needs to be. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's a level of, I'm going to go back. And you had said that you were frustrated because you were like, I've done all this prep work I've been doing. I'm on this healing journey, but yet all of these things are still coming up for me. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this level of vulnerability and having to really sit with ourselves as birthing people that um, I think sometimes goes uh, without conversation um, that we do what, and with the most amazing support systems, it's still happening to us, mm -hmm. right? So at like 2 a.m. Oh when those thoughts are rolling through your head, when you're experiencing 
this this person, this soul, this presence inside of you, that's happening to you. And sometimes there aren't words to express that. Hey. So you are alone. There is a level Main of isolation that is just a part <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's real it's just though. I am the main the process. You guys are the supporting cast, yes. so support. <laughs> yes, yes. And with that, though, I mean, there is a there's a reason for that because what it requires in the birthing process to go to that to to the other side to allow this baby to come Earth side, we have to do alone. Mm-hmm. We have to surrender mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So all of that. The pregnancy is prep for that, right? Um, but with that, like you said, those mm-hmm. vulnerability that all of that opens you up though to this new conscious thinking of like, how do I want to support myself in this, and how do I want to be supported in that? And it brings up things that you might have thought were completely healed that now serve a new purpose that you have to tap into. So the new conversations are needed with folks that you were like, yeah, I thought we were good, but actually, man, you, this not matching. Right. We ain't aligned. So we got to start over. <laughs> we're not aligned. We need to start over because it's also not just about right. me It's about this new person that I'm bringing forth and how our relationship is then going to impact my relationship with them and our relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And this is setting the tone for that. You're showing me right now Mm -hmm. how much I can trust you with the most important person in my life right now. I'm like, this is my biggest investment. Yes. Yes. And you, and, and then lastly, I was thinking about, you said that, you know, you, you know that your birth, the people who were at your birth team, your birth support was what it was needed to be, but you do have some regret. And I think the one thing that I've really taken from doing this podcast and hearing so many stories is that we can live in both mm-hmm. of those. Like it doesn't have to be either or. Right. You had a beautiful birth and there are still parts that you're healing and sitting with and processing through. And that's okay. That's a part of all of right. it. Um, it doesn't have to be, oh, I just had this beautiful birth. It's not, it's, it's not that simple. Hello. (laughs) There's so many layers to it and you're allowed to be all of those things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of that. Oh my goodness. All of that was just, that was so affirming. (laughs) It's like everything that I needed to hear. I really appreciate all of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Laurel, you hit it. You hit it. <laughs> Ooh, there's so much you. too that yeah, there's so much that people carry too. And sometimes we're like, yeah, come be in my space and come help me. And they don't have the capacity. And I and they you just forget don't. that. And you whether really, it's through your pregnancy or your birth. Yeah. And you really don't realize that in the moment. Like, you know, I came in with my rose tinted glasses thinking like, um, that people were reading my thoughts like for some reason (laughs) I had this wild expectation that people who I had never seen be able to be selfless and show up for people in a certain way would be able to do that in this moment I just thought that like something would click in my mind I'm thinking okay especially for especially for the women in my family I was like, you all have, for, for not even for, for, the, for the women who had given birth, for the mothers, I was like, you've all been through this. You know what it feels like. Why are you guys not giving me some grace and support in what I need right now? You've all been here. How could you not know? 
And, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm an excellent person to have around your birth, which is why I've been invited to births. <laughs> like, like I, I make people like, you know, the postpartum kit, the postpartum bags or whatever. Um, I give massages, like, you know, I'll show up and I'll sit with you the whole time in labor. Like, I'll take care of the other kids. Like, I'll come in and clean the house. I just be quiet and doing tasks. <laughs> so I felt like somebody would do that for me. And and my friends really showed up in that way. I had one friend and she's the one who um, who helped me start making birth kits um, because that's that was her gift to me. And I, that was the best gift. So she made me a postpartum kit. <clears throat> Um, and then I had another friend who really would just come to my house and just rub my feet. She would just bring me ice cream and rub my feet. And, <laughs> and it was just, it was so beautiful. Um, so I did, and that, and that, and that's where the regret comes in because I wish that if nobody else, I would have had those two people come. <laughs> um, and so I started thinking about like, like other things and other ways that I could prepare for my birth. So, <laughs> uh, because the baby came at a time that we weren't, or because the pregnancy came at a time we weren't trying, uh, I no longer, like, you know, had my my astrological map planned out. And so I was, like, looking at the timeline, I'm like, okay, we're about to have an Aries. Okay, how do I prepare for that? Um, <laughs> um, as a Pisces mom with an Aquarius partner, I was like, okay, here we go, here we go. Um, so what I did was I, like, made like I pulled out a big calendar and I did a birth chart I, I researched birth charts for two weeks before my due date all the way to two weeks after and then I highlighted all the days on the calendar and I'm like you can come on any of these days <laughs> don't come on the red days these days it's okay I'm like just work with I was like I'm like I'm so stressed out kid like I just need you to work with me a little bit so I'm like, you're already going to be in Aries. I need to get that moon in check and that rising. <laughs> so we did some of that. Um, I, I read aloud to my baby like every day. <laughs> but I was like, what other ways can I like prep and plan to make this slightly easier? Well, now I got to know, did baby come? Yes. With the moon and the rising, correct. So please. So tell us about the birth. So in theory, yes. In theory, they did. <laughs> At the time that I was making these charts, I was thinking from the mind of like, who do I get along with? Uh, what are like, um, what is the astrological makeup of most of my friends? And so um, <clears throat> my baby is, a, is an Aries with a Taurus moon and a Capricorn rising. Um which I was like, oh, these are all people that are great. And then, like, you know, like, like, fast forward now, the reality of raising this child, I'm realizing, like, I don't want to raise my friends. Like, <laughs> I I love my friends to hang out with, to talk with, and all these things, but I don't want to, these people don't listen. I don't want to be trying to talk to them. And during, like, my child is a very, like, headstrong, very determined, uh, these are these are some very like intense and strong-willed signs. So we are just fighting up in here. <laughs> um, as far as the birth, <laughs> going back to that. So that was the answer. So it was one of the highlighted days, and that felt that you know that sounded great in theory. It's that expectations versus reality, y'all. 
I'm gonna get you every time. I was I was in labor for a week and a half. My due date was April first. I had already started like so my baby had descended like long before that. My baby was already low. Uh and in fact for like it felt like the I, I believe the full last trimester my baby was like riding on my pelvis. And I was really uncomfortable. Like walking was uncomfortable, but I was doing all of these things to prep. So we were going on like hour long minimum walks a day. So most of the time it was longer than that. And I mean like uh walking up the stairs at Lake Merritt, walking like the full length of the Alameda Beach. Um like I was eating a lot of okra. <laughs> I was like I was doing all of the things. I was doing yoga like every day, multiple times a day, uh doing the squats, uh sitting on the bounce ball. Uh and this child was just sitting there and just comfortable, not showing any signs. Um, and then uh, contractions started. So like I said, so I was in labor for a week and a half. I was having contractions for a week and a half. Um, and it was like at night, I would be having these really intense contractions, but they were like, you know, uh, 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart, 30 minutes. And it was just like, what is that? Like they were not going down. <laughs> um, my mucus plug fell out. I'm like, okay, we're advancing. We're getting somewhere. And still nothing. And like each day, like I was just like crying. I'm like, where is this baby? Like, when are they coming? <laughs> um, and <clears throat> so now I'm like, I'm really on edge. I'm really frustrated. I'm tired. I'm having attractions. And um, so then I, I lost a couple more people. Because, uh, like, friends and family, people are calling and saying, like, hey, like, is the baby here yet? When's the baby here? Like, when's the baby coming? Have you had the baby yet? It's about past time. Like, oh, look at you. You're going to drop any day now. And I was just getting so irritated. So I started telling people, don't say that to me no more. Don't call me asking about this baby. I don't know where they at. I don't know why I'm sitting here having contractions and nobody's coming. Don't talk to me. And, like, people didn't talk to me. <laughs> And I was told, like, you know, that I was, like, rude and all of these, and, like, people's feelings were hurt. And I just felt like I am pregnant. I am pregnant. I am carrying a child. Like, at what point in my life do I get to be allowed to be tired and irritable and just, like, like ask for space? Like, I felt like people were being way too hard on me for, like, being pregnant and exhausted. Like, I'm not getting sleep at night because I'm having contractions at night. Tired. So the night before the contractions like had intensified and it, like a few days before that my mucus plug fell out and so um it was like they they were getting so much stronger and i was doing all the hypnobirth things and like like humming and meditating and all the stuff had the essential oils going all the lights in the house were off my partner's like giving me massages but it was like they would get down to five minutes but then they wouldn't stay there for longer than like you know been like 30 minutes or so before they jump back up so the following day um i called my doula and i was like i really like i cannot do this for another day it's just it's too much and so they came over um and they're looking at me they're like yeah yeah you're close mama um let's take a walk and so we walked around our block and this is like a small block like it takes about like you know 15 minutes to walk around the whole thing it took us over an hour 
to get around that entire block because I just kept contracting and like felt like after like you know every couple steps a huge contraction would come um <laughs> and so when we finally like made it back to the house they were like okay Kiki says you can come to the birth center and I'm telling you those were like the best words I ever heard in my life I was like are you serious are you sure they were like yes like let's let's pack up let's go and so before that um I think like a couple months before I had made these like freezer pads. So I put like some um, some aloe vera and uh, witch hazel on some pads and then put them in the freezer to help with like the postpartum. Um, I had cooked a bunch of food cause I knew that I wanted my cooking. <laughs> and even though like my partner like was like cooking and helping me think that I didn't want his food, I wanted my food. Um, so I cooked a bunch of food and had it in the freezer. I'm like pulling the food out the freezer, we're like getting ready. We had the diaper bag packed and by the door since the first trimester. So that was already ready to go. Uh, we had baby's first outfit picked out. Like when I tell y'all that I'm a planner, like it was like checked, like, and then um, my partner had went to, he made this like huge vinyl sign and put it on the back of the car that said in labor. So like, you know, we were zooming on the freeway. <laughs> He was, and he put it in red too. So people knew, get out the way. I love it. <laughs> like, he was on it. He was on it. I'm like, first I'm thinking like, it was all on the list. In the beginning, when you told him. <laughs> you got the baby bag ready. Y'all, it was been like in his third eye the whole time. Like, right. we're ready because I had the list since the moment I knew you were pregnant. <laughs> right, right. Right, so he jumped right, right in. He jumped right in. Um, we get to the birth center. So even though I was in labor for a week and a half, um, I believe that my birth, and again, like this is this has been a few years now, so times might be off. I'm sure my midwife will be listening to this. My midwife is a huge fan of y'all, by the way. My midwife loves this podcast. Kiki from Birthland, shout her out. <laughs> um, she might be listening to this and be like, the times is off, but... Um, even though I had a really long labor, my birth itself, I think the process was like no longer than like nine hours or so. It was like really quick. Like we got through the doors of the birth center. Um, it was like, I felt like we were only there for a few hours before I was like, the baby was coming. And so we arrived there, you know, there's candles, there's low lighting, um, it was just this beautiful, peaceful place. I had made a birth playlist months in advance. And so all of my favorite songs are playing. Oh, it was just, and it smelled good in there. It was so great. Um, and she was like really encouraging me to eat and be comfortable from eating all this food that I had like prepared. I'm having a great time. Um, <clears throat> but the contractions are getting stronger. And so I'm like ready to like get in the water and have this birth that I had planned. I got in that water, I touched that water, and I was like, hell no, I'm not doing it. Like <laughs> it was just I, I was I was so upset because I had planned this beautiful water birth. And I was just like, this ain't it. Get me out of here. <laughs> so I'm like moving around the birth center, moving around the room. The water was just like it was making me itch. It was it was it was cold. Like it felt freezing. I like, you know, I like a hot scolding bath. So I'm just like, uh-uh, <laughs> I want this. 
the water. Just dag on water. It's, uh, uh, I don't want this. It's hit it gets everybody. It's hit, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. And you know, you have to love it or you, you hate it. The vision, though. You had the beautiful vision. Baby swimming. Mm-mm. Not today. Not here. It wasn't. I remember being like so like upset with my midwife every time she came to like check me or the baby's heart rate because it felt like as soon as she came close, the baby knew. And like that's when the contractions would start. Like, and my child at this point felt like they were just like, like, like fighting me, like tussling from the inside and like drilling down on my pelvis. And I was just like, like, don't come near me. Something about you when you come over, <laughs> you upset me. <laughs> and she was just like, I know, mama, I know, but we got to check. We got to check. And so I'm like, you know, I'm getting to that point now. Now I'm crying and I'm just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> um. So uh, she was like, you know, we really got to like, we got to like get this moving Um, because she could see how exhausted I was. So she told me to get on hands and knees um, to try to bring the baby down some more. And it was blissful. Like I ended up passing out. And that was like the best sleep I had had in like over a week. That was great. So I was like really comfortable. And then somebody came and woke me up. Guess it was my midwife's assistant. I don't know who this person was. Um, I don't believe they were black. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be cautious to say that somebody ain't black because I don't know how folks identify. I don't want to, you know, erase nobody. But they were not uh, darker skinned, um, and they had like uh, like straight hair. So this person, came, so I'm like, who is this person interrupting my space? So I'm already like not feeling this person. But she woke me up to be like, hey, I just wanted to like introduce myself and let you know who I am. I don't give a fuck who you are and why you're here. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> like <laughs> I finally got some sleep. So she had already upset me. And I just like kind of rolled my eyes and I looked at my doula. And so my doula came and immediately escorted her away. <laughs> I was just like, you, you talk to me, you don't talk to her. <laughs> so I went back to sleep and I was woken up by what felt like yes. <laughs> that's right yes yes i was immediately woken up protect the space hell yeah i'm like that's why you that's why we fucks with you <laughs> but i was woken up by what felt like a huge ass bowling ball grinding and drilling into uh into my pelvis and i was like <gasps> and i was like um I think I'm like, my, or I was like, my water just broke. Um, and they're like, that's good. I'm going to sit with it. And I was like, I think I'm pushing. Um, so my doula's like jumping up and like, okay, let me go get the midwife. Cause the midwife had like, uh, she was just in the next room. Um, like everybody's resting at this point. I done fell asleep. Everybody else is resting too. So she went to go get the midwife. Um, and then I like, you know, that natural uh, reaction that you have to reach your arm down that comes when you start to push. So my body started pushing on its own. Um, <laughs> and I reached down to like touch and I was like, I think I'm crowning. <laughs> the same white person who came in and entered my sleep and was like, well, most people tend to push for a while before they start crowning. And I was like, somebody get her out of here. <laughs> so again, like my escort, my doula is like moving her out the way. Um, and my doula just looks at me and she says, and they say, um, Trust your body. You know your body. You know your baby. 
you're crowning i'm getting kiki right now so i'm like i think i'm crowning um <clears throat> and so <laughs> then again <clears throat> that pushing feeling that 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 drilling bowling ball twisting and turning came again and my teeth started clenching and immediately I felt like the biggest clown in the fucking world and I was just like what am I doing here how did I get here how do I get out of here I was trying to run from my body <laughs> I was just like you know and I was unmedicated like I just I was like clown shit clown shit look what you done got yourself into like I just I had like all this negative self-talk <laughs> just like what did you do so my doula comes so my midwife comes in um and I guess her assistant had told her that I wasn't actually crowning um and so she came in and she was just like all right mama let's move around she's like if your body's pushing let's move around a little bit let's get this baby down stand up and immediately fall to the floor and I'm like I cannot I can't take a step so she looks between my legs she was like oh baby you are crowning <laughs> um and so my partner comes behind me, right, right. I'm like, this is why. This is why you weren't invited. I told this is why you. you weren't invited. Why are you here? <laughs> so um, my partner comes behind me, and he like wraps his arms around me, and like, uh, so I sit on his lap. So we weren't in the water at all, because I decided, like, even though I didn't like the water, I was still like, okay, like once it's time, I will still try to get in the water. That didn't happen. We just sat right there on the floor, and he held me in his lap. And wrapped his arms around my belly and uh you know the midwife is right here and my doula is supporting like you know with one leg and i think i like i don't feel like my body pushed that many times before the baby came out it was seriously like um like from that moment that i said oh i think i'm pushing like oh to oh i think i'm crowning i think like i probably felt like like two more pushes, two or three more pushes after that, before I was like, you know, we were on the floor and in position. And so my midwife is like, okay, baby, I see the head. She's like, you are crowning, like, come on. And so she was like, all I heard was, okay, there's head, oh shit. <laughs> and so the, I guess the baby had flew out. <laughs> That's that okra. That's that okra. Slip and slide okra. Right. <laughs> She was like, okay, well, here's your baby. <laughs> like, it was so smooth. It was so, it was so beautiful. And my baby came, you know, and uh, like came out talking. Baby came out crying and screaming and then looked at me and just stopped. And, oh, like, you know, like we're, me and my partner both just in love immediately. Um, so then we put the baby on our belly because we wanted to do a breast crawl. My baby, you know, that black excellence, that black excellence, high achievement, showed up to the task, crawled right up and started nursing immediately like a pro. <laughs> when, like, you know, like once we sat there and had our bonding moment of them nursing, some of my babies nursing, we're having this like beautiful, just like, it was like, ah, like it was all for this moment. It was exactly how we wanted it. Like it was smooth and easy and like, out the door and so we're sitting there on the floor nursing a little bit then we get up and we get on the bed and get comfortable and i'm just holding the baby doing some skin to skin let dad have some time and then my baby who loves me so much and thinks about me uh peed and pooped on dad 
And I was like, look at that. You knew not to put it on mama. <laughs> so then they had their little bonding experience. <laughs> and then um, and then we we had we had brought a cake with us. So we brought the cake out and we put a, a zero candle on it and we sang happy birthday, the black version, the only version. Um and just like sat there snuggling and cuddling with each other. And it was, oh, it was so beautiful. It was so sweet. And like the next day, you know, I'm telling the story, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, um, I was like, I feel like I managed my contractions really well. Like I was, there was some grunting and some like squeezing, but I felt like, you know, like I wasn't, it wasn't as, I wasn't as, uh, as colorful as I thought I'd be. And everybody in there was like, are you fucking kidding? They're like, you were loud, but then they all started shouting. You a lie. You a lie. That reality. That ain't how it happened. I remember. Like, really? That's not how I remember. Um, that I could still hide and took you. They were like, girl, they started showing me their body. When I tell you that every single person who was in that room had claws and bruises, people got smacked. People, they were like, girl. We was dodging. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. I don't recall any of that. <laughs> Show birth and day don't matter. You didn't do that. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the way you they said it happened. Me. How you said it happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm standing 10 toes down. <laughs> so in the immediate postpartum, we got that covered. How were things when you got home? So we stayed at the birth center for just a few hours after having the baby um, before going home. And again, uh, that fear, just, you know, putting the baby in the car seat. So I sat in the back seat. I was not comfortable sitting up front with my partner. I'm holding on to like, I I was blocking the car seat (laughs) the whole ride home. And I had my partner driving at like probably 10 miles an hour the whole way. I'm talking on the bridge. I'm, fair, I'm like, I don't care about many of these people. This is the speed that we going today. <laughs> we got precious cargo up in here. So I was terrified to drive home and then we got home and uh, our, our little baby was just like, just knocked out the whole way, the whole time. Like the only time we had heard them cry was immediately when they came out and then we didn't hear anything anymore after that. This child was so content. And so, you know, we're all like, we're in the bed, we're just watching this baby. And we're both sitting there talking to each other um, about like how scared we are. We're like, somebody done trusted us with a, with a child. Um, we thought we were ready for this. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. And he's sitting here telling me, you know, if I was with anybody else, I'd be really scared. But he's like, I know you with so much knowledge. And just, um, you know, it's like, I, I feel really safe. Now, again, I'm an educator. I, you know, I have degrees in early childhood education. I've worked with kids my whole life. I've supported birth, da, 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 and I have like this whole network. And still I'm sitting here like, this man is just trusting me. Oh no. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> he, don't, he don't know. He don't know that I don't know either. <laughs> so I'm like, we, we fucked. Because <laughs> if he's dependent on me. He's not the imposter. Like. <laughs> Right. So we were we were straight up helicopters. We were both in like we had the baby in the middle, 
Um, <laughs> and we were both sitting there just laying down, like watching that. We were like, nobody moved. And, but the baby slept for so long. We were like, is this normal? Are, are they alive? So we, we're constantly like putting our finger under the baby. The baby was just so damn disturbed. We kept waking the baby up being like, you good? <laughs> Do something. <laughs> so we were both wrecked. We were both a mess. No sleep at all. Um, and then we had the doula and the midwife come over. And then, uh, you know, just check in and everything. Um, we waited, we waited a day before letting the grandparents come over and meet the baby. And then they, you know, they all got to come over and meet and greet. And this was pre-COVID. So, you know, we weren't as worried about germs and people breathing on the baby or whatever. <clears throat> so they came over and did their meet and greet. And then I did a a 14 day, I believe. Yeah, 14 day uh, rest. So I just stayed in the house um, recovering with my baby for 14 days. Um, and I was going a little stir crazy. <laughs> um, I remember like the first day that I went out to the backyard and I was just sitting, like I was, I was just cheesing so hard. I'm like, oh, sunlight. <laughs> like, this is nice. I was like, I ain't never been nowhere. <laughs> um, and that was like really sweet. Uh, we had friends coming over <laughs> and like bringing food. Um, but people like knew like not to like, like people just kind of dropped up. Well, oh, also we didn't really make an announcement. So one of my, my best friends, uh, she was like, she was the one who was coming over every day. My, one of my good friends, Mia. She was coming over every day and like, you know, just giving me ice cream and rubbing my feet. She called and she was like, hey, mama, I'm just checking on you. Can I like come by and do anything? I'm like, sure, come over. And so she comes in the house and she hears baby sounds and she's like, what? <laughs> so she got to like be there and hold the baby. And also um, my god sister was in town. Um, and so they came together. And so it was a surprise for both of them to like come in and see the baby. And um, so my early, early postpartum was just this very sweet and loving and supportive time. Um, but what happened immediately after that was like issues between me and my mom came back up. Um, and so after that, like she wasn't around anymore because we just, it was too toxic. And I was like, I can't have this around my child. If we cannot communicate with each other like, we can't be around each other because that's not the home that I'm trying to provide for them. That's not the life I'm trying to... And I was like, I don't care who you are. If you can't respect me as their mother, then you can't be around. <clears throat> that that goes for anybody. So that was really hard. So I didn't have... I didn't have uh, my mommy like I needed. Um, and my partner's mom, is she was really great. Um, and I do appreciate her. But I still... You know, I wanted my own mama. Um, and both of my grandmothers are dead, so I didn't have them. Uh, and then like the issues with my aunt. So yeah, so I didn't have my mommy and that was, that was really hard. Um, and then one of the people who, uh, who I was saying, like who I, who got, um, who got upset with me during my birth and felt like I was being rude was my best and oldest friend from childhood. And then the other one was my best like friend 
and adulthood. And so both of those people weren't around. So I didn't have my mother or two of like my closest people who I knew for sure were going to be my birth. And the person who stepped in, Mia, who is like, we've known each other for a really long, we've known each other since we were like in middle school um, and grown up together. But what we really bonded through motherhood. So we are like besties now. Um, and we've always been close, but she was the one who was showing up and it like, it really baffled me. Um, and it was just like wild to see like who was there because it was people who I didn't expect and the people who I did expect and like, and was depending on weren't there. So that was really hard. And so that caused some like feelings of depression, but more than that, I had postpartum anxiety. This fear, like it just would not leave. And, you know, now that the baby was here, gotten here safe, I'd had this beautiful birth. I thought that I was fine. Um, but then there's just like, there was just more and more things to fear um, to the point where one day, like, you know, like after our 14 day rest, uh, we've gotten like a pretty solid like support system going. And we're still like in close communication with our doula and our midwife because we had become friends with both of them. In fact, like I was just talking to my midwife before I got on the call with you. So we're like still in close community with our birth team. Um, so like after we like, you know, we get all that settled and we've had our rest and everything. Um, my partner, like a month or so later had started going back to work. And one day I had to call him from work and I was like, hey, um, I think you need to come home. I don't think I can be alone with the baby. And he's like, what's happening? And I'm like, well, vision is out in one of my eyes I have a headache and I think I'm about to pass out <laughs> so he immediately like comes home and the thing is like I've had these my whole like I've had migraines my whole life and some and they get that bad sometimes um so for me this is normalized I'm like it's just something that happens like I know the signs of when one's coming because it's usually like blurred vision it's a headache and then it just like you know and then it's like some vomiting might come I'm like pass out or whatever and I've like and have to be taken to the hospital so like there's enough like warning signs that I can tell somebody like oh like this is about to happen so I'm going to the doctor they're doing all these checkups I feel like I'm having like heart palpitations and, I'll, and I'm going through checkup after checkup after checkup and they're not finding anything and now I'm like this is the bullshit right here this is when I'm like they're not believing me so I'm a black woman like this is this is what people are talking about so I'm doing all I'm, I'm having all these fears and then one doctor says, like, uh, have you been to therapy? And I'm like, yes, I've been in therapy before. Like, you know, like, I'm healed. I told y'all I'm healing. <laughs> and they're like, uh, they're like, this, they're like, well, we can't find anything. They're like, your blood pressure is good. Your heart rate's good. Like you, you're in, and like, that's the thing. Like, um, like we eat a predominantly plant-based diet. Um, I'm doing yoga every day. I walk like every day. We're very like active <laughs> and like like whole foods like eaters in this house um and i drink like you know my water and take take my vitamins all the things so they're like you're very healthy they're, there's nothing showing up and i'm like i know that there's something so they're like um let's 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 talk let's talk to somebody like um in the mental health department and so they get me this like uh this interview with this therapist and she's like uh, and I'm telling her, well, this thing makes you really anxious. And then when this happens, like I get really anxious. And then this, this and then she's like, you get anxious because you have anxiety. <laughs> she's like, you're not just getting anxious, girl. You have anxiety. I'm like, 
oh, and so it turns out that all of my symptoms, like these, are, like um, like I just have like very um, severe anxiety um, that manifests like in a very physical way. So I get nauseous, I get like migraines um, and have to be hospitalized. Like it's, it's that bad. And so of course she's like, you, you have this little tiny human that you're responsible for now. And it's, <laughs> it's stressing you out. It's bringing up things for you. I'm like, oh. And so, yeah, and then it was like all of that fear from the pregnancy and then the birth. And now this person is here. It just like all like toppled over each other and was about to take me out. <laughs> and so then like my postpartum started looking like very different. And like the care that I needed started looking very different. It was like, okay, like I really cannot be stressed out. Like I really have to have a certain environment to make sure that I'm able to show up as best I can for this baby and for myself. And so we got like so intentional about our home life and our care and our support and our network and who would be around us, how the people would be around us, um, our routines. It's gotten so much better after that. Now, of course, it's not something that goes away easily. And so there's still like struggles, but um, I haven't had um, many moments like that since since then, since we figured out like what this was. Yeah, but that's amazing that, you know, it took for all your fears about the hospital, right? But for them to actually do the work and to do all the things that were necessary for you, physic for your physical needs and to say, not to say, well, here's a pill for your, you know, vomiting. Here's a pill for the headache. But that they right. actually said, you know, they took a holistic approach, right? right? There's more to this than what's showing up in tests. And we need that, right? right exactly. And to put, yeah, and put a diagnosis and a name to what you and your head is like, I just have migraines. I just have that. I recently just read that, that that was one of like a major um issue for like black women how depression or anxiety presents is these migraines or these different things because we don't step into sadness the same way and sit in that sadness mm -hmm. of depression and so we don't mm -hmm. report being sad because we don't allow ourselves to be sad um that we just push through always right. pushing through and building ourselves up um but that these other ways that are showing up that black women are able to get the proper diagnosis because our, our, our symptoms don't present the same way. Yes. There you are. And it's so wild that like, it had to be like told to me in that way, because this is something that I like had been happening to me my entire life. And then like, I was able to like, start making the dots, making connections. It's like, I, it used to happen like every year, the first day of school. And I'm like, that's a stressful time. Oh, it happened like, you know, like after, you know, these big events, these are stressful times. It's like, oh, now this is making sense. <laughs> and yeah, and so, and going back to what you were saying about like how they showed up, this is like why I'm saying again, like I felt so blessed. And for a while, like it was really hard for me to talk about my birth experience and my postpartum and all of that because it felt like most people I knew were having like, just these horror stories to talk about. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, let me not, let me not be rubbing that in nobody's face. And I felt like, you know, I felt like I didn't want to uh, 
to make anybody feel like even more disappointed or hurt in their situation. I didn't want to add to that. I was like, let me just keep my joy to myself. Until like one day I was at a, a birthing event where people were sharing their birth stories. And it was like, in a, like, you know, it was in a private room though. Each person just like, like went in alone. We weren't like sharing in a circle. And when I shared my story, I'm like, everybody was just like, at the end, they were like, wow. They were like, do you know that that's the first like positive story you've heard all day? And so they're like crying and I'm crying. I'm like, what? And they're like, you have to keep sharing your story. Like people need to hear that there's something. And like, what makes me just feel like even more blessed is the fact that like, like we are a low income family. So this, like I had this amazing pregnancy, birth and postpartum on Medi-Cal with EBT, um, with like, you know, all of this assistance that they make you jump through so many hoops to get it. And it's so stressful to keep it and all of their stuff, but they really showed up. I, I felt like I always had like the best of the best there was to offer. Um, and like, even now, like my child is about to be four and I still call them with like, Hey, like, I think I need a pelvic floor exam. Like, Hey, like, I and they were like, yeah, we've got some like Ayurvedic doctors now that we're bringing in. We're doing like acupuncture now, like on, on Medi-Cal. I'm like, come on now, come on, Obamacare. <laughs> Covered California. <laughs> <laughs> that that trickle down. Show trickle up down. and show yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about we say here postpartum is forever. Mm -hmm. So um it's an always evolving thing. Uh but to say that to the part where you were saying that you haven't had as um thinking about your postpartum anxiety, that it hasn't showed up as intense as that first moment, but that you have found tools and ways to work through it, right? And it will manifest and do its thing. But I think having those tools and having those places to go is so powerful as you move through your postpartum journey. Um, and then thinking about birth story, um, we did our summer series this summer, our full belly supper series this summer. And, you know, I was thinking about you saying that um, you didn't always want to share. You weren't always open to sharing your story, but we know how important it is to put those thoughts, that experience to paper. And we had such a great honor to be able to share your birth journal with our um, community who showed up for themselves at that event. So can you please tell us a little bit about that? Oh, thank you so much. First of all, I'm like I'm trying to keep it together. Uh, I really appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for that. Um, so this is a journal that I created uh, to help people uh, write their birth story. So let me, let me give some backstory. I'll try not to do, go on for too long. But um, shortly after, shortly after my birth, and even before that, my midwife was like so adamant that I write my birth story. She just kept telling me like, really important. Like you have to get it out. Trust me. Like it was like the more time that goes by, you're going to forget little details, which I thought was wild. I'm like, it's not like we give in birth every day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I saw what she meant. Cause it was even like, just like I was telling y'all, like the next day, I'm like, Oh yeah, it happened this way. And everybody was like, it did not. That is not what went down. <laughs> um, but I had already planned on, because I'm just an avid journaler anyway. So I had already planned on writing it down. Um, but she was like so 
so on me about it and just like kept reminding me like make sure you do it mama like even if like it's too much to write make sure you're like doing voice notes like do something get it out you want to remember this moment and you want to remember it in your own words <laughs> um <clears throat> and so i'm right i'm doing my birth story and i'm feeling like it's this beautiful experience and then i'm also trying to like encourage other people because you know every time you get a little bit of information you want to share it like you like you know like like you invented it you're like oh my god you got to do this thing <laughs> um so i'm telling everybody about it but the thing is like uh being a writer like yes i am like in a community of writers and so some of my friends are writers but most of them are not um and it's just like not their thing um and i'm thinking about like my mom and my aunts and cousins and people who didn't write their birth story down but would want to and so i was thinking uh how can I set up prompts to make this like feel like a less intimidating process for folks? And so I broke the book down into three sections, which is uh, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Um, and it has different prompts throughout it uh, that ask like very specific questions to each of those different stages of your process. Um, and then there's also like spaces in it where you can free write there's spaces in there where you can like add photos um or clippings or memorabilia i don't know but um like for me i i made like a vision board during my pregnancy of like the kind of birth that i wanted and so like i had like little clippings um from that <clears throat> or like little notes that i had written myself love notes that i've written to my baby so yeah it's supposed to be like a it's a birth journal but it's also like like a bullet journal and just like uh like a scrapbook um yeah and it's actually i think one of the books that i'm probably like the most proud of <laughs> uh and i did and I did you the, should be <laughs> thank you thank you i'm really proud like it, it i felt really connected to this um just because like it's it's so important it's such a huge event and i want people to write about it and like revel in their moment um i did the illustrations on the inside um myself yeah i'm proud of it i am i hope i'm saying enough we're proud of it <laughs> thank you thank you i'm i'm so grateful that y'all i'm so grateful that y'all shared it and i really wish that we lived closer because i wanted to be at that event <laughs> That's okay. We're wow. gonna be traveling. <laughs> <laughs> when the dates, when the dates. <laughs> we haven't secured Cali yet, but it Cali is our goal. It, we have had what y'all yes, need to come area, to Cali. We Sacramento. Have asked. <laughs> We're gonna yes. take the whole family out. Y'all can stay at our house. What you mean? What you need to get here? <laughs> That's right. We gonna talk about it, <laughs> right? I'm okay. Serious, Danny and I got a, me a meeting next week to strategize for ourselves. I'm so so yes. we won't travel, but um, no, really, it's a great place to start um, because I think sometimes, especially in that immediate period, like, well, how, what do I write down? And it's just a great place to be reflective mm -hmm. um, and have a place to start to put those thoughts, to put that process, whatever it looked like somewhere for yourself if you want to share it later just to have and to release and to process right um in case you don't have an opportunity or a space to 
share it fully, you have somewhere to, to let it rest. As you, you know, we always say coming home to yourself. Um, we, we know how valuable it is of that piece of putting that experience somewhere else. Um, how important that can be to coming home to yourself. Um, so yeah, we're just grateful that, that there is this, that we were able to share it with others. Um, we are so thankful for you sharing your story today, your work, your art, um, yes, all of that with us um, because it's so valuable and it will impact someone when they connect with this. So we are just grateful. Uh, but is there anything else that you want to leave to with our listeners um, from your story, from, from, from anything that you want to leave them with? I want to say thank you to y'all for providing this space. Oh my God. Like, I know y'all hear this all the time, but I want to be another voice in the void that this is such important and beautiful work. And I'm so grateful to y'all for doing this, for making it work with the kids, like stretching time <laughs> to get here and get people's stories out there. Cause it really, um, it made such a huge a huge difference for me in my experience and uh, was part of like my prep. So thank you guys so much for, for sticking to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and for, and for continuing to stick to it for like continuously showing up and being here. Um, um, I'm so honored to be here. Um, I, I want, I want mamas and I'm saying this for myself also, I want us to like, um, to be more accepting of our birth to, to to be able to sit in the experience and really truly believe that, um, that the experience really is going to be what it needs to be. That however the baby gets here, um, However, like outcome to like to find to find honor in that. I, <laughs> I feel like I've loved all of that. It's like I know what I'm feeling. I'm not sure that it's translating, but I really want yeah, us to sit in is. that. I want us to to recognize that like the carrying, the holding, the birthing, like all of that. It's so much work and it is a very specific and like individual and personal work that nobody else can do for you. And so however you do it, like you're the only one who could get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just want us to sit in that a little it's bit sacred. more. Hello. No, it's sacred. Hello. Uh, and yeah. it's important to note, like even when you think about your journey through conception, how you first said, you thought it would be quicker and easier. And I don't, and we talk about like the miracle of birth sometimes of like, we don't realize how much of how, because we see babies being born, we see so many humans around, like mm -hmm. it is a miracle to conceive. It is. Every time. No matter how much y'all try to normalize it, no matter how much, mm -hmm. like, no, like we are out here making magic each time. And <clears throat> this, this is my last thing. <laughs> I'm not going to keep y'all. No. <laughs> Um, like that is why, like, I really do love the term birthing person. And I know that it's really controversial, 
for a lot of folks. Like, and I and I definitely I understand it. I get it, especially like as Black women, how we've had to work so hard to be like validated and recognized as mothers in these white spaces. I definitely get it. Why we want to hold on to these terms and be like, I am a mother. I am a woman. I am this. But I personally really love the term birthing person because for me, that's where I found my power. It's like, I wake up every day still very insecure about how I'm showing up as a mom and like, and my role to like, I still, most of the time, I still do not feel like a mother. Like, I feel like I have not reached this like unattainable, like, like space, like, um, and I'm waiting for it to hit me. Like, when will I feel like a mother? Um, and so I'm still like really shaky in that definition, but I know that I gave birth. I know that I am a person who brought this child here. Like I felt that, I felt strong in that. I did that. Like, no, yeah, thank you for thank that. you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank that, you guys. I think it's important for there's so many layers to one person's experience, and mm-hmm. when we are able to talk through and talk about, it allows all of us to be open to this is how this person feels seen. Right. How you're walking into that role in, in your own way. Right. Like it's very mm-hmm. easy for Laurel and I to just be like, girl, you're a mother. You're a mother. No, if mm-hmm. you don't, if you're not there and that's <laughs> not what you want, you know, you're not there because you say you're not there yet. Not because we need to tell you that you can feel a certain way and do mm-hmm. this and that and still carry it, carry the title. If you don't feel that yet, then that's, that's your journey in, into that, you know? Right. And um, I and I still do claim my we, space as a black mama. I am a black mama right. like every day, all day. I love and support black mamas all day, every day. And it still feels mm-hmm. like I'm still like, ah, but I'm still like learning. So I'm like, I know I gave birth though. Mm-hmm. I know ain't nobody gonna take that away from me. I know you didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love to tell my partner every day. Only one of us. I know here. that part. I know that part. <laughs> tell my partner every day. Only one of us in here gave birth. Okay. You ain't got no kids. <laughs> I got the superpowers. Right. You ain't got no kids, sir. What What did you say, Laurel? The new one is I made balls. <laughs> Yes, I recently saw this thing on TikTok and this lady was going off about how she was powerful and she was like, I made balls, okay? Mm, mm. What did you do today? And I made balls. And what, did, what did you do today? Right. Made this, I, it will never get old for me. I probably know I'd be quick to be like, uh, I carried this child, I birthed this child, I nursed this child. Listen, I will always be tired. I will always be deserving of breaks. <laughs> I will always be right. Yes. <laughs> Feed me. Mm-hmm. I will always be pampered. Please. Well, Shay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 